You're listening to the Preschool Pioneers Podcast, and I am your host, Reverend Jeremy Walker. We do want to thank you for joining us again today on Preschool Pioneers. We will be discussing the importance of Christian education in our modern world. We'll also be discussing why is it important for Christians to become teachers. And uh, we're also going to be going over different things about the practicalities of operating within a classroom for Christian teachers and administrators. We'll be discussing subjects as well. Now, on Preschool Pioneers podcast, we'd like to thank our sponsors, the GCS Apprenticeship Program, which trains young men and women how to own and operate their very own Christian school and how to become successful Christian school teachers. If that sounds of interest to you, you can contact the GCS Apprenticeship Program at gcsapprenticeship.com. Well, on today's episode, it is entitled Children, Voters, Biological Miseducation, and Handling Inappropriate Language. The three different sections we're going to have today are very important, I think, and so we're going to kind of delve right into it and get started. The concept of children voting came up whenever we found an article. Uh, This was from England in The Guardian from their website, theguardian.com. And it talked about children voters, and the article was entitled, Allow Six-Year-Olds to Vote? Question mark. No, but it's not as crazy as it sounds. Now, we're going to get into the, the article here and discuss it a little bit, about why they were talking about six-year-olds voting. That means voting as in the political realm, as far as people going into casting a ballot. Now, there is a very important aspect to this concept, and one that I think most people, especially Christians, miss the mark. Christians in the Christian church in particular is really full of people who don't think that Christians influence the world itself. Somehow Christianity is a personal thing. It somehow it is something that happens inside the church maybe. But as far as influencing the community, as far as influencing political life and otherwise, it doesn't seem to really be something that they think it should be focused on. But the important part is this, is that children affect the future and how education is handled, educational training. This is for the next generation because it helps to support ideas and morals of some. Uh, whenever you're educating children, you're trying to promote a certain moral or idea. And you're also trying to suppress or eradicate the ideas or morals of others. It's the basic concept of teaching the truth. Whenever you teach somebody something that this is true, something else is necessarily false. If it is morally right to care and love your neighbor, then it is obviously wrong then to hurt and or to try to kill your neighbor. So to be for one thing is to eradicate the idea of hatred and violence uh, and destruction of human life on the other. So let's go ahead and jump into the idea of this article. Allow six-year-olds to vote. No, but it's not as crazy as it sounds. From The Guardian, just a few things here I wanted to kind of go over, touch on, and uh, discuss briefly. Because if you as a Christian are not paying attention, if you as a Christian are not concerned with the idea of politics or influencing the future, uh, you don't have to worry about that too much because those people who are contrary to your values, contrary to your Christian beliefs, they are very concerned with it. So concerned with it that they would like to not only take yeah, 18 years old to being the voting age, but drop it down to the age of 16, at least in the UK. And then, of course, some people are even advocating dropping it all the way down to the age of six. 
But why would they want to do that? Well, a couple comments from the article, and we're going to post this along with this podcast on the website on ChristianReconstruction101.com. But one of the article's uh, comments says this, quote, The age of adulthood is by definition arbitrary. If everyone matured at the same fixed rate, it wouldn't be a human process, unquote. Now, the concept of people processing in different ages and becoming adults at different ages is actually a very important concept. It's actually very dangerous because a lot of people want to view the concept of consent. Now, we're talking about here the age of which people think children are allowed to consent to sexual activity with other people. In this case, for the majority of the time, uh, between the ages of 12 and, say, uh, 16, as long as there's like a four-age gap, four-year age gap, people don't really have a problem with people engaging during with in sexual activity with the four-year age gap, or if it's between 14 and say 17 years old, or anything below 18, and then of course anything from 18 to 200, you can also consent. Now a 17-year-old can't consent to an 18-year-old, a 14-year-old can't consent to a 25-year-old, but anywhere in between those, in the moral laws we have, the age of consent is there. See, the kind of concept is, is that not only is the idea of maturity arbitrary, the age of which we consider to be consent is extraordinarily arbitrary as well. So whenever people talk about these subjects as a Christian, you should kind of perk up your ears because there's always a subjectivism. A person can uh, be at a certain age to vote, and if that's arbitrary, they can also be at a certain age for consent, and that can be arbitrary. And if we've set the arbitrary age, you can consent to sexual activity uh, for 18 years old or below that with anybody under the age of 18, then what's the change? What's to stop us from changing it? To saying, well, why not a six-year-old? After all, some people mature differently. So why can't a six-year-old consent to having sexual intercourse or relations with somebody who's 18 or 25? Why not? If they say they wanted to, why couldn't they do so? After all, they all mature at different rates. But that's why I think it's important. I brought, just brought it up briefly to mention the concept that in Christianity and the Bible, this, this concept of consent does not exist. At least the concept that you can consent to sexual activity outside marriage does not exist. It is a humanistic concept. Well, I'm getting a little derailed, but let's move on. Uh, moving further, he says in this, uh, in this article here, it says, quote, Rusiman's argument is that this is the only way to rebalance political life, unquote. The reason why he wants people to have children who can vote, they want to offset the votes of adults with the votes of children. He thinks that for right now, things are politically askew, and this is the way to get us back on track. For, uh, further from the article, quote, having said that children do tend towards the progressive, having a natural sense of justice, an underdeveloped sense of self-interest. My kid, when he was six, made quite a trenchant case against private property on the basis that since everybody needed a house, they shouldn't cost money because nobody would want anyone else not to have one. Also, food should be free. Unquote. This is interesting because this is from the writer of the article saying that children are progressives by nature and they have a natural sense uh, of a lack of self-interest. Well, the person doesn't know children very well. Children are selfish, children are self-motivated, and everything is bent on themselves. The concept that a child 
would think that everything should be free and be against private property. Uh, you don't understand children very well at all. Children are very much so concerned with the concept of private property. Everything is mine. And that's exactly what's going to happen. The first moment a child can talk, mine, 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 everything is mine. Children believe in the concept of private property very much so, in fact. It's just the concept that everything should belong to them. And the idea that everything should be free is, of course, a naive idea. Of course, children have silly ideas that are progressives. The sad part is, is that you're saying that people who are progressive and or liberal, and that's just not a slap at people who are progressive and liberal, it's making the equivalent that they have the same ideas as a six-year-old might have, that they might have the same lack of understanding, that where is the money going to come from for people to have free food? Where is the money going to come from to have free homes and everything else that comes with it? Where does this money come from? There is no magic pot of gold or magic pot of money that we can just pull from called the government coffer. You have to steal from somebody in order to give it to someone else. That is how the government makes money. Now, obviously, children don't quite understand that. So yes, a child might come up with this concept, but an adult should not. Not only that, but the concept is that the children are lacking in morality. There are no natural-born commandment keepers. If you are a Christian and you're listening to this, this should be a simple concept. They call it the sin nature. But what it really means is that there's no natural-born commandment keepers. They have to be taught. They have to be taught the commandments. They also have to be taught that if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. And so the concept that uh, we're going to have this uh, idea where everybody's going to live in this pristine place without labor, without work, without money, without uh, anybody having to actually you know, work for their own stuff, but somebody's just going to give it to them, doesn't exist. It's a fairy tale land. And the sad part is, is that these types of articles just kind of pinpoint the fact of that it's a, on the level of a child, somebody who doesn't understand how the real world works and also lacks a understanding of morality. Now, moving on to the last part here of this article, and then we're going to kind of wrap up this part about the concept of voting, about why, why would somebody want this or why would they think it's important. Uh, also from the article, quote, Now, if parents could be trusted to use their influence wisely and inculcate children with the politics it would take to assure a better future, then I wouldn't necessarily have a problem with that, apart from the obvious that culture is already wildly askewed towards parents, and I can envision a few non-parents brimming over with an inferno of deadly rage. But that's moot anyways, because parents can't be trusted. Otherwise, we'd already vote green." Unquote. And the last part just goes into in the article about how that they want to drop the voting age down to 16. Now, let's go ahead and jump into a few things just to wrap this section up. But why is it? Why would people be geared towards this concept? Why would they think this is a good idea? And as a Christian, why would this even be important to you? Well, one reason is, is that in schools, a large portion of education is geared towards teaching children about voting. I remember being in school myself, and that was one of the things they did. We have public school children who come home. Whenever elections come up, they will actually have the children cast votes and ballots, teaching them about voting. They really want them to get into the concept of voting. And also in the article, it talks about their civil duty. As Christians, you should be also explaining to your children, to your students, that it is very, very important for you to influence the culture for Christ. That means God's commandments are represented through you and through your children. Now, if you're not paying attention, you certainly should. 
Because if you do not train your children to influence the culture for Christ, someone else is going to be teaching them to influence the culture for mankind instead. Now, there are a couple of things is that uh, children and voting the concept, we've kind of gone over a bunch of them, but children in particular can be taken advantage of. Uh, they have parents for a reason. This is why the concept of consent is not there. This is why God has commandments which tell people what they should and shouldn't be doing. This is why the very relativistic term and concept about what age a person should be doing something uh, is, is moot and shouldn't be is because people can be taken advantage of. The old communists used to have a saying, never trust anybody over 30. In this case, they want people younger and younger and younger because they can be easily manipulated. They are more selfish. They are more revolutionary. I mean, if you don't know children, if you haven't worked into a classroom, then maybe you don't know that children naturally rebel against every authority there is. Children naturally want everything for free. And if you didn't know, those two things coincide with, with political uh, regimes. Those two things coincide with political ideals. Revolution of the current, a rebellion of authority, and of course, taking from some and giving to others. All those are very infantile, immature, and wrong views. But some people don't view them as immature and wrong. Instead, they view them as high ideals and progressive ideas in which society should move. But we should reject these kinds of ideas as Christians, Christian teachers in particular, these ideas are things we should avoid. Because in closing on this part, the question is not if someone is going to push their morals and ideas on children and teach them to adopt them. The question really is whose morals and ideals are children going to be taught to adopt and whose morals and ideals are they going to be taught to reject? Because education is the tool by which men change and influence the future. So this concept, I mean, when you see articles like this, if you ever hear about an education, it's not an accident. They are systematic and deliberate in their attempts to want to teach children a certain set of ideals and, of course, to suppress others. That's going to be everyone. And Christians, that's also what we do. When we teach somebody to uh, be faithful, thou shalt not commit adultery, that promotes the idea of family and fidelity, and it suppresses the idea of fornication, promiscuity, adultery, and all the rest that goes with it. It is a positive and a negative always. And those that are promoting promiscuity and the rest are also at the same time suppressing the concept of the family. And it's very much so all throughout. And no matter where you go, you're going to see this kind of stuff. So moving on, that kind of covers our concept of child voters and why you will see this. And as Christians, you have to be purposeful in your influence, because if you are not, someone else is. Moving on to the next concept is about biological miseducation. Now, I entitled this Biological Miseducation, and this is the Why Christians Should Become Teachers portion of our, our episode here, because there are certain articles out there that are talking very much about biological education. Biological education, of course, is, is who are we, how are we made up, what makes us, us. And one of the articles that I recently ran across was a part where new sex ed guidelines, which has to do with education, is pushing on eight-year-olds and more the concept that children, meaning boys and girls, can both have uh, periods or monthly cycles, 
where, of course, the body for females flushes and re regenerates for, of course, uh, trying to get pregnant and whatnot. We call those periods, we call them cycles, lots of different names for them. But people are now miseducating children about basic biology. Now, the Bible is not complicated. The Bible is very straightforward. Uh, people have a problem with the Bible because it teaches a creator. And, of course, it teaches about basic biology. Uh, for instance, in the Bible, it says that in the beginning, God created the, he the heavens and the earth. And it goes further into it about how God created man in his own image. Uh, in his image, he created the male and female. He created them. So male is, man is created in two different forms. There are like two types of, of people. Those are uh, mankind that is male and mankind that is female. There are two types of mankind. That's it. There's no, nothing else that goes into it. You fall into one of two categories. What's happening with this biological mis uh, miseducation, they're changing and playing with the words, or some people call it, like from 1984, newspeak, uh, because they're taking words and they're changing them. In some of the articles that I've read, they're taking things like the concept of gender and the concept of sex, and they're mixing them all up. And our, our children are just completely confused. I had a child recently who was in one of my schools. He kind of looked at me and says, Reverend Jeremy, he's very serious, and he goes, um, can, can boys become girls? And I was a little startled because it was the first time I actually ran into it myself. You hear about the news and whatnot, but it's the first time I actually ran into it myself and was really brought home that this is actually taking place. And I looked at the little guy, and he was clearly confused. And I said, no, that can't happen. He goes, well, I was told at my school that, that if you go, some people can go to, to a hospital and they can, they can change you know, from a boy to a girl or to a girl to a boy. And I looked at him and said, no, that's not true. It's, it is not true. The problem is, is that these kind of ideologies and these ideas are being pushed on kids. And whenever somebody says, uh, I'm, a, I'm a male or I'm a female, now they're messing with the stuff. The concepts themselves are not what the way God explains them, what the Bible explains them, the way that even science would explain them. But they've, they've taken this idea uh, and they're saying that it's, it's not even about uh, being physically male or female. One of the articles I came across recently was talking about how they were teaching even three-year-olds that some girls can have male genitalia and how some boys can have female genitalia. In other words, it's mixing up this concept of what is it that classifies or defines a male? What, what is it that classifies what is female? Further on in one of the articles that I read was talking about how it said, your gender lies not between your legs, but between your ears. Now, you're talking about miseducating people and really messing people up to where they can one minute be male, one minute they can be female, one minute they can be both. Uh, throughout the day, they can kind of be fluid. They can be have no gender whatsoever. See, the problem really isn't that we have a, a discussion or argumentation over what's true. Kind of like the concept of periods. Uh, males do not have that. They don't have the physiology. They don't have the biology uh, that, that allows them to reproduce children. Males do not have that physiology. Um, males are not females. Females are not males. It's not really an overly complicated subject, but our children are being miseducated and absolutely confused because they're using newspeak, they're changing words. And so I think we have to ourselves go back to basic, stop utilizing the words that are being used out there. Uh, we need to actually tell our children the truth and stop being lied to. We need to tell people when they're being lied to. And that is what education is. Education is saying this is true. 
And so what is true is that God created the world and there are two types of mankind, two forms. One is male, one is female. They cannot change, they cannot be confused. Um, there's no switching back and forth. You are born one or you're born the other. It's no difficult concept for somebody, for a doctor, when a child is born, they can quickly, quickly look at them and say, this child is male, this child is female. Not a complicated subject because there are only two forms of mankind. Now our children are being taught things that are absolutely confusing the tar out of them. And because they're using newspeak and they're changing words, and they're using words like sex and using words like gender and all the rest that comes with it, our kids really think that they live in a world that is absolutely in chaos when it's really not. So we really need to, as Christians, it takes Christians, this is one of the reasons why Christians should become teachers. Miseducation, biological miseducation is absolutely, right now, taking place. I would never have thought this would have happened 20, 25 years ago. I would never have thought people would be challenging the simple concept. But really to stop and ask yourself, why is this taking place? What is the purpose behind all this? Uh, the reason is simple. Because whenever people came into the educational field, into the school system, and they took out, in the beginning, God created. Then everything else was up for grabs. Don't be upset at people whenever they come in to redefine uh, human biology, uh, redefine the human psyche. Because if there is no creator, then why not? If everything is evolution, then why not? Why can't you have male, female, and one that switches back and forth? Why can't you have that? So it's not that people are illogical. It's not that they're, they're unreasonable. It's literally that they're just going the next logical step from something that they've already been taught. So if you get rid of, in the beginning, God created, then you give up the fact that God created mankind in his image in two forms, male and female. Now, once you gave up, in the beginning, God, you also gave up that God created them male and female. So you can't really think and be upset and, and angry that people, because they're just doing what they've been allowed to do. First, they were taught that there was no God. There was no creator. Everything's by accident. So this is really the next logical step. But Christians should become teachers because they have to reverse this cycle. They need to get back to what is real truth. The truth of actual created biology. And if you stop and ask somebody and you get into these discussions, it's not really worth arguing over. If somebody says, this is a male, this is a female, what does that mean? You can just ask the question, what do you mean by that? Because if in here you're saying that people who are male can have periods, this is absolute insanity. They cannot. Literally, it is an absolute lie. There's no truth behind it whatsoever. And is it any shock and surprise that people are going to be absolutely confused, absolutely confused when you're telling people that your physiology isn't about what makes you who you are, but it's not between your legs, but between your ears. This is the definition of, of, of lunacy of you can be whatever you want. But once again, you can determine for yourself what you are. No one can tell you what you are because you're not a created, you're not a created creature. So nobody can tell you anything. You literally get to define for yourself what you are or what you want to be. But once again, if you didn't know this as a Christian or why Christians should become teachers, this is an important uh, hot topic because we gave up the fact of in the beginning, God. We gave up the fact that man's fall was his attempt to be his own God. He wanted to determine truth and reality for himself. So that's all we're really seeing here. It's really not something to get overly concerned about. It's not something to get overly upset about. 
Whenever I dealt with a kid who asked me that simple question of can boys become girls and girls become boys, I simply stated the facts. No, they can't, and move on. It's really not an argument to have with people. Why would we argue over something simple? If somebody says that water is wet and somebody said the water is not wet, I wouldn't spend my time arguing with them about it. It is wet. I don't care what you say. No matter what you say is going to help, and me arguing with you over it is, is pointless and worthless. So if anybody is getting into an argument or discussion about this concept, that people can shift back and forth, if boys can have periods, if girls can have male genitalia, and boys can have girl, uh, female genitalia, no, they can't. That is not biological truth. So we need to get rid of our biological miseducation in our school systems. And as Christians, this is why one of the reasons why we need to become Christians, need to become teachers, because that is vitally important. Because in our school systems right now, even where there are Christians in the school system, they are allowing and complicit in this concept of biological miseducation. They are not standing in the gap. They are not there standing for those, those children and saying, that's not true, but this is true. And so there are, and I've said this before, lots of Christians in the school system, but there aren't Christian teachers in the school systems that are in the government schools. There might be Christians that are teachers, but there aren't any Christian teachers. It's a very important distinction. And if there were, we wouldn't be having the biological miseducation that we currently have. We wouldn't be having confused students. The last thing I want to touch on is, of course, the concept of handling inappropriate language in this part of our uh, field guide, the Preschool Pioneers Field Guide. But this is an overly complicated subject. It's actually kind of simple. I have run into situations where people got all upset about this kind of an idea about their children using inappropriate language. Basically, follow standard protocols. If somebody hurts somebody, uh, they do something inappropriate. Same type of an idea. Inappropriate language is just childish behavior. It's nothing to really get upset about. But if you had consistent behavior, that's a different story. You consistently had somebody biting someone. You consistently had somebody hitting someone. Or in this case, uh, insulting somebody. Uh, they could be calling them names. Could be using inappropriate language, curse words. Uh, once here, once there, not a big deal. Uh, you can follow your standard disciplinary procedures. You can communicate this with parents. But it's really not a big deal. You shouldn't really put a whole lot of focus on it. I have had people who try, attempt to be shocked by it. Um, it's really not a shocking thing. Don't really get into too much of a discussion if you are a teacher or a manager. It's really just not something that you need to be overly concerned about. The only time to get concerned is whenever it continues. At this point, it's not really about the language itself that's a, uh, the, the problem, but the fact that they're refusing to stop, and that becomes more of an issue about it. Now, I have had a person who was all upset trying to blame this person, that person, other kids, whomever, and it's really not about that. So you don't want to put the focus on where this comes from. In our society, there's language everywhere, so you can't really get caught up with it. It's in movies. It's in everything that we watch. Anybody who tries to tell you otherwise is lying. But that's why it's also not a big deal. People, especially children, kind of absorb everything like a sponge. And one of the things they really like to absorb is things that get a reaction. So one of the things you can have as a teacher, don't react to it um, as far as getting shocked by it and all the rest of this stuff. As a manager, you would not uh, you know, give a whole lot of focus on it, just like, that's wrong, we don't talk like that, don't do it. And you kind of move on. And same thing when you deal with the parents as well, don't make a big deal about it. Just talk to them, you know, mention the fact that it's a, uh, inappropriate, just to make them aware of it. Some people can get weird if you start talking to them about this kind of thing, as defensive, uh, which is kind of get the, well, they didn't learn that from me, kind of an idea. But you're not there to kind of flush out the source. You're there just to say, hey, this is inappropriate. Same thing as hitting 
or stealing or anything else that comes in between. It's just inappropriate behavior. And as a teacher or as a manager, don't put too much focus on it. Just handle it with ease and just treat it more of an issue that we're just going to try to do just inappropriate childish behavior and we're just going to try to to get rid of it. Now, like I said, this, this subject isn't overly complicated, but it is one that you will focus on a lot. You'll see a lot with kids, different age groups and things like that. But it's just not overly complicated to get into. And the biggest problem you'll really have with children is, one, if you make a big deal about it, then they'll kind of keep going because they got a good rise out of you. And two, you're going to have the problem with the parents because, of course, the defense mechanism, they want to kind of self-justify that they would never use language in their homes or never watch movies or never listen to music that has it. None of that's true, but you just really don't have to focus on it. So what, like I said before, try to avoid all those types of things, the... Uh, self-justification and defensiveness and just get into it. We're really not concerned about it. And, you know, he's a good kid. He's just being inappropriate. And just reassure them that you're going to work through it and it ain't going to be a big deal. So that's what the suggestion we have for today's field guide. Example is inappropriate language and how to deal with it. So if you have enjoyed this episode, there's more to come in Preschool Pioneers. We've talked about a couple things, the child voters and why people would be focusing on this concept. Why it would even be an idea. And the answer is really simple. People want to influence the future, and they know that children are the primary way that's done. And so we know that people who are non-Christian understand this. That's why there's a heavy push for education. Christians also should focus on this and pay attention to it. Don't give your children to people who are going to influence them in a way that you don't want your children to be influenced. If you don't want your children to be influenced to promote humanism, then don't give them to humanists to be taught by if you want them to be taught to be influenced by Christian morality, then you have to be given to people who will influence them towards Christian morality. If you are going to be promoting Christian values, then you're going to be suppressing humanistic values. And if they are being taught humanistic values, they are going to be suppressing Christian values. You can't have one without the other. When you teach one thing, you suppress another. So that's why children voters are important and parents and teachers and managers need to be focused on this in particular uh, you are an influencer of the future as a parent, as a teacher, or as a manager. And, of course, as we were discussing as well, uh, this concept of biological miseducation is a form of influence in the future. The idea that they want people do out there in the world, want to promote this idea, there is no God. They want to promote the idea that biology is not fixed by God and that people can just do what they want, become what they want, just because it's not between their legs, it's between their ears. So whatever a person says that they are, they're supposed to be. In other words, it goes against all forms of even just basic science and classifications. You can no longer define a person. What you are is what you are in totality that includes what's between your legs, what's between your ears, and your entire encompassing heart, mind, and soul and spirit. It is all of who you are makes you male and or female. And those cannot be just turned on and turned off any time that you wish. So thank you for joining us again. I hope this has been somewhat instructive. But as Christians, we do need to become teachers and promote people to become teachers because there is a war going on. There's a war for the truth. And the basic, basic truths are being uh, destroyed right now. And unless we kind of get in there, unless we try to reverse that and just teach basic truths, very basic truths, then we're going to end up in a world influenced by people where truth is completely relative in a world where we don't even recognize it because it is a world that is, once again, just between your ears, whatever you want it to be, and that no one can tell you what the world is or what you are. 
because you can be whatever you want to be. The world can be whatever you want it to be. And there is no concrete truth anywhere for anyone else. But thank you for joining us here on Preschool Pioneers. You can find this episode and more on our website, ChristianReconstruction101.com. And hopefully next time we're going to bring some more information for you and some more things to think about. So thank you for joining us and God bless.